Welcome to this Linklater's podcast on operational resilience. Joining me are Florian Royal and Catherine Hafner. Today, we're going to turn our attention away from the UK and towards the EU's plans for its own operational resilience regime. Florian, what has the EU been working on in this area? Um, there are already requirements on financial entities which are relevant to resilience in different bits of EU regulation. For example, outsourcing requirements, incident reporting, having adequate systems and controls, and so on. But now um, the European Commission has drafted a law on what it calls digital operational resilience. But this draft legislation, which is known as DORA, would be the first attempt by the EU to set resilience standards across its financial services sector as a whole. Okay, so but why is DORA needed if there are already some provisions uh, on this in the EU's rulebook? Yes, I think there are two main reasons. Firstly, the existing rules are patchy. For example, incident reporting applies to payment service providers under PSD2, but there aren't similar requirements on other types of financial entities under other areas of regulation. And secondly, there's room for different member states to take different approaches when they apply the current EU framework. Um, even though the rules may look the same, they can be applied and supervised differently throughout the EU. It's kind of like an iceberg, right? You see um, the, the part above the water, but the majority is underneath, which you can't really see that easily. What the EU now wants is an approach focusing on such ICT risk, which is consistent across the sector and consistent across the EU. Thank you. So, Katrine, what does DORA actually do? Well, at a high level, it does two things. The first part sets out new regulations for financial entities on their management of ICT risks, reporting and testing. And the second part introduces powers for EU supervisors to oversee some ICT service providers. And would that second part mean that big tech firms like cloud providers would need to be regulated like financial entities? No, they, they wouldn't need to be authorized as regulated financial entities. But DORA would give the European supervisory authorities broad powers to oversee service providers, which are critical to the financial services sector. Those critical third-party providers um, would have a European authority appointed to them as a lead overseer. And this lead overseer would then be able to like, get access to relevant information, have the power to conduct on-site inspections and even be able to find critical third-party providers in case they are failing to cooperate with them. Yes, and so they wouldn't be regulated like financial entities under DORA, but this is just one area of new EU legislation which is focusing on those big tech providers. And there, there are other laws being developed such as um, the Digital Services Act and Digital Markets Act which create regulatory regimes tailored for tech providers. So it sounds like more regulations come down the track for those technology firms. But for now, let's turn back to financial entities and, and the potential new obligations on them. What would DORA require these firms to do? Well, firstly, there are governance requirements. One overarching principle is for the management body would be responsible for steering the entity's ICT risk management framework. And um, 
their approach to, to cybersecurity. There are also requirements about what the ICT risk management framework must include. These are more detailed than what is currently in financial services regulation. Um, for example, firms would be obliged to identify all sources of ICT risk on a continuous basis. They would need to set up prevention measures, um, put in place comprehensive business continuity policies and disaster and recovery plans. And lastly, they would also need to do periodic testing and identify weaknesses in the framework. And all of this would need to be documented as well. Some of this will sound familiar to you because in many ways, these proposals are similar to the UK's operational resilience regime, at least as far as I understand it. Well, then, are, th are there any areas where DORA is actually going further than the UK rules? Um, yes, I, I would highlight the rules on ICT-related incident reporting. I understand that the UK has broad principles to cover how firms report incidents. In the EU, there would be a more prescriptive set of requirements for monitoring and logging incidents, classifying them against certain criteria and materiality thresholds, and then reporting them to the EU authorities using a standardized template. So I think that's just a little bit more. And um, there's also a section on monitoring ICT third-party risks. This focuses on what needs to go in contracts between financial entities and tax service providers. These rules build on what is currently covered by EU-level guidance. So this is all sounding like quite a lot for firms to, to work through. What do you think this is actually going to mean for your clients in practice? Yeah, um, I, I think this will give clients the opportunity to think about their RCT-related risks and to update their processes. I mean, of course, it's a regulation and therefore something, you know, that needs to be complied with. However, ICT risks are real and they will become, together with the growing impact of digitalization, increasingly important. And therefore, I see DORA as a chance to become better at addressing these risks. And to a certain extent, the regulator is providing a game plan on how to do this with DORA. Issues to think about range from high-level governance and cultural requirements which obviously senior management will need to engage with, through to detailed requirements about how firms identify vulnerabilities in their defense capabilities and, you know, conduct threat-led penetration tests. So we've talked about what DORA covers, but who are these rules actually going to apply to? Well, they would apply to nearly everyone in the EU financial services sector. The definition of financial entity is very broad and includes practically all entities regulated at EU level. This would include credit institutions, um, insurance undertakings, payment and e-money institutions, investment firms, um, fund managers, and also some financial market infrastructure. And the list also includes some new categories of financial entities, such as crypto asset service providers and crowdfunding service providers. So, Overall, as Catherine says, um, DORA has a very broad scope. And of course, that's a deliberate policy decision to maximize its impact and set harmonized rules. Florian mentioned at the start that DORA is just draft legislation. Katrine, where are we in the process of seeing that draft become law? So DORA is part of the EU's wider digital finance package. That package includes other upcoming legislation, such like um, Mika for crypto assets. 
Where we are at the moment is that the Council of the EU and the European Parliament are working on their negotiation positions and their responses to the Commission's draft. Um, they are expected to um, adopt their positions soon, so um, we can expect the trilogue negotiations to start after summer. And trilogue, if I've remembered this right, that's the process where the three parts of the EU's legislative machine argue behind closed doors, don't they, about what the law should actually look like? Yes, indeed, that's right. Um, the idea is that after these negotiations, um, there should be a near final version of the legislation, which all sides agree on and which can pass through the European Parliament afterwards. And what are the things that they are likely to be arguing about when it comes to DORA, do you think? One area is um, the scope of the regulation. Um, for example, whether entities exempt from authorization under PSD2 should be within the scope of DORA. And um, another area is probably proportionality. There are references to proportionality in the draft recital but they are likely to be called um, for the proportionality principle to be more clearly and directly embedded within the rules. And I think there are also going to be debates about the interaction between DORA and pre-existing national regimes where they overlap, and also about the role of the European supervisory authorities and the national regulators about who is best placed to supervise and enforce these new requirements. But I think in the end, we're not expecting the fundamentals to change radically. I think there's a general agreement that harmonized rules are needed in this area. And what has been proposed broadly aligns um, with the, the Basel Committee's principles on operational resilience, as well as the UK's regime, as I said before. And when can we expect the law to be finalized? As uh, things stand, we are not expecting the text to be agreed before the first quarter of 2022. So afterwards, it would then need to pass through the parliament and um, would also need to be published in the official journal. Like the UK's regime, we are expecting that there would be about a year to implement the rules before the, the requirements um, would start to apply. So that means the rules would likely take effect at some point in 2023. Our sources tell us that the EU wants DORA and Mika to advance in parallel. Mika, as we mentioned it before, is a draft law on crypto assets and it's more contentious than DORA. So if they are going to go hand in hand, we may see some disagreements on Mika hold up the progress on DORA. Thank you. And everything we've talked about so far has been looking at the EU wide level. What about at the member states level? So, for example, what is the, the German regulator BaFin been looking at in this area? Yes, um, BaFin already has been quite active in this area. So many aspects of DORA will be familiar to the German market participants. For example, um, BaFin has published and is regularly updating supervisory requirements for IT and financial institutions and the so-called BITE but also specifically for, for insurance companies, as well as for payment service providers and e-money institutions, the so-called VITE and ZITE. So you've got a whole uh, set of documents there. And in addition, BaFin has stated that for 2021, one of its three main supervisory focus points will be IT and cyber risks. 
And here, Wafeln is especially keen to take a closer look at outsourcing arrangements, as well as innovative business models and the risk that you know follows from there. So thank you very much, Florian and Katrin. Please get in touch if you have any questions. For now, thank you for listening and goodbye. Thank you.